What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mission Driven Made podcast. I want to welcome Eric Gabani to the show. And man, like we were just saying offline a second ago, it's been, okay, I think it's 15 years since I actually have seen you in person. So welcome right. to the show. Super pumped that you're here. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super pumped to be here. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And it's been really cool. I know um, we didn't connect a, a bunch in high school, but over the years, I don't know when I started following your page, but I saw that you owned a gym. So I started following you and have seen just like bits and pieces of your story. So I'm I'm really excited to actually hear about it and not just, you know, see it on, on social media like we all do right. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so what we normally do for the most part on the show is we start with the guests a bit about their story and their background before we get to you know, the accomplishments and starting the gym and everything that you went through to do that. We'll start, if it's good with you, we'll start kind of in your childhood. I'd love to hear about like, if you played sports or what your upbringing is like, and then we'll kind of zoom into different pieces of your life after that. Cool. So yeah. Um, ever since childhood, I mean, I, uh, was involved in sports probably from four years old playing t-ball, to uh, when I turned around seven in a football, um, kind of always playing wiffle ball. I had two older brothers, so we were always playing wiffle ball in the streets, basketball with the neighbors, um, all that fun stuff. Very, very competitive little kid growing up. I always had two older brothers, so they always kind of bullied me around. Fun fact about that, we used to play this game in the house that my mom hated. It was called <laughs> Bowl. It would be two tacklers and then a running back. And for some reason, I was always the running back and my brothers would just crush me. <laughs> At the time, it sucked, but it primed me for uh, high school sports. Um, yeah, so kind of when uh, just the childhood played sports, had a pretty normal childhood, grew up in Pleasanton, California. Um, yeah, as, as anyone from Pleasanton, it's a pretty nice area. Um, again, just played – was – Super into sports. Um, when I got to high school, started weightlifting a little bit, uh, getting and prepping for football. That's when I met Jake um, in high school, probably junior or senior year. Um, in high school, I played football, baseball, and I wrestled. Um, my, I'm super passionate about football. Um, and that's kind of when I was introduced again to the weightlifting thing and and working out. And I fell in love with that ever since I would say eighth grade, even the summer of eighth grade going to ninth grade, um, kind of fell in love with the weightlifting part in prep for football. Um, yeah, from there graduated high school, barely. Um, and then <laughs> went to Las Positas. Wasn't, didn't love school at all. Uh, wasn't studious but love the sport. So that's kind of what kept me in in high school. And then got out of high school, went to Las Vecitas, wasn't for me. And then started uh, working at Wells Fargo, became a teller and then a personal banker. Um, didn't love that either. So in 2009, got an opportunity to kind of run a CrossFit gym. And then now we're here. And I can elaborate a little more on that after we kind of talked so uh, tell me if uh, this is accurate. I can't picture you as someone that would enjoy sitting at a desk at a bank. Nothing wrong with a banking job, but I can't, just just knowing you, 
uh, just your story right there. I, I can't picture you enjoying sitting down all day. No, not at all. And it's, it's very like um, sales, like the sales pressure there too. I would have people come sit at my desk and I'd end up talking to them for like two hours. And my manager's like, would you sell them? I'm like, nothing. I didn't sell them anything. We talked about, we even talk about banking. We talked about life and, and all that other stuff. Yeah. And uh, I have the gift of gab when it comes to the banking stuff, but that's all I got. I, I'm not very pushy with like the sales stuff. So it was a good learning step. And, you know, I learned about finances and banking and stuff like that. But other than that, definitely couldn't see myself there. So I'm glad that the whole transition is some kind of yeah. form of fitness and a job that I could stay active and be on my feet and move around. You know, it's funny you say, uh, you know, your, your thoughts on sales there. I've had this conversation with my wife hundreds of times because there's a few times in my life I did sales jobs for like fitness education companies. And I understand sales right. is part of like everything in a way. So I'm not bashing sales, but the, the high pressure kind of tricking people or manipulating things to get people to sign up for stuff. Like I've always despised right. that, you know, I, I, I can't stand yeah. it. So I know exactly what you're saying. I think I had that conversation with my wife like two weeks ago or so. So uh, how long yeah. did you last at the bank before you're like, yeah, I'm not doing this? I would say two years. I got <laughs> funny story. I got fired because <laughs> I'd rather go to Tahoe with my friends than work. <laughs> so, uh, and I remember I put it on my away, my away message on, not on my away message, on my Facebook status, like in 2009 said, goodbye, <laughs> Wells Fargo. Hello, Tahoe. <laughs> I was young and dumb back then. Oh man, 2009. Not the way I would have handled it. Yeah, not the way I would handle it nowadays, but I'm grateful to be where I'm at and not yeah. still at uh, Wells Fargo off K Street in Livermore. Nothing against Wells Fargo yeah. off K Street in Livermore, just not for me. I still do my banking there, our business banking. Yeah. So. so after your two years there, you had the opportunity to run the gym. Yeah. Did you own it at the time? Were you managing it or what was it like in the beginning? No, I didn't own it. So um, I researched CrossFit. This was early on. I mean, this was probably the earlier stages of CrossFit. Um, research CrossFit in the area found MM CrossFit, stood for Mike and Mike CrossFit. Mike Lampley was one of the owners. And I'll tell you later how this comes full circle. But yeah. um, so it started taking off in 2019, 2010. CrossFit Games are coming on board. It starts to get me some hype around it. So Mike's business started, started booming and he had a full-time job. So he couldn't invest the time. He couldn't normally into it just because we're now offering more classes and stuff like that. So I went and got my level one certification at the time. It was CrossFit Santa Clara. It was Jason Kalipa's gym. It was oh, still no CrossFit. Way. Yeah. It wasn't MC fit yet. Yeah. I have a lot of good memories from that. Uh, it was like when Neil, these OG CrossFit games athletes were there and they're like, at the time, these guys were like, I, Cause I watched all the videos on crossfit.com of these guys like throwing down. And then I was there with like a guy, Matt Chan. Um, he was like, the, they call yep. it the fire breather. The guy that kind of runs the level one course. He ran mine. He was. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong Matt. I know you're talking wrong Matt, but okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's like a master's athlete. Fun fact about him is he won the, you know, the rock, the Titan games, right. that the rock put on. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. 
Yeah, and he's like nothing against anyone in their 40s, but I think he's like 40 years old and he's still just as fitty as he was five years ago. And it proved that when he won that. Um, anyways, yeah, I went and got my level one. Great experience. Anyone out there looking to maybe dabble in CrossFit or not even if you want to coach, just want to get a better understanding, I would encourage you all to go to level one. It's just, it's a really good experience. Um, very hands-on. You're drilling with the PVC pipes. Just, I would go back and do it all over. Did you say you did your level one too? Yeah, it, it was Matt. I feel like his last name started with an L. It was in San Diego. He kind of, um, orangish red hair. He was absolutely amazing at, at running it. I feel like it was like Matt Lodi or Landon or I don't, you, you'd probably recognize him if I saw yeah. Matt Chan's the firefighter from Colorado yeah. though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. different guy. Okay. And then he, yeah. But anyways, yeah. Um, so went and got my certification and then started running Mike's Mike's gym. And then fast forward a couple years, um, stayed there, really got into CrossFit, did the CrossFit opens, tried, tried to compete, you know, it's, yeah. now, nowadays it's a, it's a full-time, full-time gig. But back then it was like, there was actually a little bit of hope there because they had CrossFit regionals and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of hope on like, that would have been my CrossFit games was like making it to like the first step regionals or like yeah. top 100 in the open or whatever yeah. it may be. And so, um, yeah, fast forward a couple of years, Mike sold MM CrossFit to Matt and Doug, Matt Souza, which is now the owner at CrossFit Livermore. And then I was there, the head coach for a short time, um, left CrossFit Livermore and then went to brick. Um, it's a big chain, not a bit, not as big as NC fit, but they have them in like West Hollywood, uh, New York, Boston, anyways, work there, head coach there. And then by the grace of God, uh, 580 kind of fell in my lap and, uh, the previous owner, Mark, was looking to sell it. I didn't have the funds to me buy it outright. So I found my business partner or Kyle Carnes and I talked, he's a previous member, which he also has a great weight loss story from CrossFit, uh, drinking from the fire hose, just fell in love with it. And we kind of just meshed and yeah, we're here today. I mean, two, two and a half years later. So when you started in CrossFit, like you went and you got your level one, started running all these different gyms, had you done CrossFit at all up until that point? I would say before my level one, I probably had like eight months of CrossFit under my belt. And then, like I said, I was with MM and CrossFit Livermore all the way from like 2010 to like 2015, yeah. 16. So I had that six years at the pretty much the same gym of coaching experience and all that. And then that's when I went and worked at brick. And then now here, CrossFit Dude, you, 580. you're an OG with CrossFit. I just realized, cause I mean, CrossFit started getting big. What in the, the late, it was like 2007, eight, nine. And then kind of after yeah. that, and you, you were already doing it then. Like the, you, you were there yeah. kind of from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been in the CrossFit world for a while and I always look back. I'm like, man, if I just stuck with like a good program, like I could have been one of these games athletes, yeah. but yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but <laughs> right. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, <clears throat> I'm not the games athlete, but now, I mean, my dream was to eventually one day own my own CrossFit gym and I, and I have achieved that. So that's, 
that's a feat in itself. So I'm super grateful for that. What was the beginning process like when uh, you started owning the gym? Because the gym that I coached at for a couple of years, man, our, our owner, I mean, he loved it, but he was there from 530 in the morning, maybe a little break during the day till, I don't know, 8, 830 at night, j- just about every single day. Uh, did, did you, yeah. were you doing that plus coaching plus all the other stuff uh, that you'd have to do as an owner? Yeah. Fortunately for me, I have my business partner and he helps out a lot. So he handles, I'm more of like the front end, like run the classes. I deal with our coaching. I do all our programming in house. Um, and then he handles all our back end stuff. So payroll, mm. um, all our bills. So that's nice because that is not my forte. Yeah. Like I said, I'll be more of the face. And then, cause he has a full-time job too, but he's, I mean, as you know, now a lot of people can work yeah. satellite. So he's able to plug in here at work, plug in a work here, yeah. get a couple conference calls and then crank out payroll or all our, all our other stuff too. So, um, that's been super helpful. Um, and we also have a great lineup of coaches. Um, as you probably know, like we have, there's probably some coaches at your old gym that had full-time jobs. So they would come in, you know, on their, when they'd get off work and they coach a couple classes, uh, a week. So we have that here as well. Um, I would say need another coach, take on a majority of the classes, but it's spaced out enough where I have time and also with, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but have time to go out to the Newport Academy and stuff like that, which is probably busier than my schedule here at, at the gym. So, but super grateful to have coaches and it's hard to find, man, hard to find. I mean, coaches that hard to find coaches that want to do it part-time because I mean, with all our busy schedules, it's, but the great thing about our gym is all our coaches are so passionate about CrossFit that it's not even like a job to yeah. them. So it's, you know, so which yeah. is, which is awesome. That's how it was with us. Uh, besides our gym owner, it was part-time for all of us. We all had other full-time jobs, but we did it because we loved it. And I was even kind of frustrated because I wanted to go full-time there, but there wasn't that opportunity at the time. And this is before I left the fire department. Uh, because right. when you're part-time, no matter how passionate you are, I feel like you could always use more hours to like, you know, get better at your craft. So I was kind of frustrated because right. I wanted to to be able to do that. But regardless, it, it was such an awesome time. And the, the cool thing about CrossFit, I just feel like as a as a whole, it brings people together together better than just about any other, I guess, form of fitness that that's what I look back and absolutely love. Like I I was like you, I was competitive and wanted to do, you know, one day make it to the CrossFit games, but I, (laughs) I was hurt all the time. I literally, I could, I was hurt 99% of the time. So that definitely didn't help, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the community was just something else and it was really cool seeing because of CrossFit. I feel like a lot of people, owe because of them, people are, doing squats and Olympic lifting right. and doing all these things that, oh, yeah. you know, like what, back in high school, no one in, you know, 24 hour fitness would do squats or power cleans or snatches or, or really right. anything besides machines, you know? Well, I think CrossFit single-handedly um, brought the weightlifting hype back because yeah. everyone 
wants, I mean, now you're getting CrossFit athletes or even in our gym, we've had weight lifting specific coaches come in here and break down the clean and our snatch clean and jerk. Um, and like, for instance, a place out here in uh, San Ramon, Cal Strength, I'm sure you heard of it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're booming. With they're from San Ramon? Because that's it. Yeah, oh. that's out of San Ramon. Yeah. I had no idea they're from San Ramon. I, I see them all the time on social media. <sighs> yeah, Dave Spitz, I think, is like the owns it. And then like there's some big names over there. Um, but yeah, they're and I mean a lot of people want to go that next level to dial in their Olympic lifting. So they'll go out and hire a, a yeah. an Olympic lifting coach and, and stuff like that. Well, and you gotta think about it too. Like, think about like concept two rollers. Like like look at the business that they've the how oh. much business they've made just like in crossfit because every yep. gym be i'm saying prior to crossfit now every gym's equipped with a rower ski ergs or even aerodyne like for the, yeah. the assault assault runner assault by aerodyne i mean crossfit i've thought about this a lot has opened up a lot of doors for a lot of businesses whether it be wadify or just like true so which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, that that's a that's a really good point. It how did you guys do during the pandemic? Because you're in California, you're in the Bay Area, and I know the <laughs> shutdowns are pretty rough Man. there. Yeah, luckily, and this is kind of going back to you talking about the community. That is where our community shine the most. I mean, our community shines all the time, but during the pandemic yeah. is when really like I was blown away by the support we had you don't get that at like a 24-hour fitness people can't wait to cancel their membership there because there's no yeah. community aspect at 24-hour fitness here they're like we want our gym to be around when this whole thing's over so hey we'll, i mean we lent out equipment but we can't justify our membership of a hundred and something bucks almost two hundred dollars yeah. But through a, through a Zoom class, people come to these classes for community, to see their friends, to be pushed. And when you can't, you don't have that anymore, it's hard. I mean, yeah, we, we lost a, quite a few members, but a lot of members stayed with us. And they weren't getting the product that we could deliver. But like I said, we did things like lent, we lent out equipment and stuff like that. But they just stuck by our side and supported us and then if they listen to this, I tell them all the time, that's where the community was just unreal. And I could never say and have enough thank yous for, for them supporting us during that time. Man. And it was tough, but. That, that's awesome, man, that you, you guys survived. Cause a lot, including my gym back in, when I was in San Diego, it, it closed down and I saw even some big gyms closed down. I think, uh, I think Khalip had to shut down one of his NC fits. I heard him on a podcast like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Man, I mean, he's like kind of the, the, not the business guru, but he knows what he's doing with all that. Yeah. Still, he had to shut down a gym. So that that's awesome that your community came together to do that. Yeah. And then we, um, again, by grace of God, we got, um, that's when Newport approached us to do, start doing classes. And we started on Zoom with them and we could dive into that a little later, but um, that came in and kind of kept us afloat. Um, kind of made up that margin for the members we lost with the Newport. We were just doing classes via zoom with them as well. Yeah. To, tell me, tell me all about that. Cause that, that was one of the things that intrigued me to reach out to you. Obviously I knew you own the gym 
And I saw, I think it was on Instagram. It said bridging the gap with, was it mental health and exercise? Did I say that right? Yeah. 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 Mental health, bridging, uh, bridging mental health and fitness, which is honestly Jake dream, dream come true. Like that's always from someone that has dealt with mental health yeah. issues. Uh, I don't even want to call them issues, mental health, whatever it may be ailment. I don't know. It's not an issue because everyone's dealing with something, yeah. but um, I've dealt with anxiety from a little kid up until right now um, and depression and all that stuff. So when I can go and bridge what works for me, which is fitness above among anything for me, like fitness is the top. Like if I'm having a bad day, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling whatever I go work out and it's better. So now I could bring that aspect in and bring to what I feel to these young kids that are dealing with this and they're dealing with it at a young age, anywhere from, I, I mean, I deal with 13 year olds all the way to like, I think our oldest client we've had, there's like 28. And just to show them that there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is something to look forward to. There is a better way than going out and doing drugs or vaping or um, whatever it may be that they're, they're battling, that there is healthy, you know, outlets and that's fitness. I love that we're to the point now where it's not weird for someone like you to have that posted, you know, in your, your bio there, because just a few years ago, I mean, this is something people didn't really talk about and, I've dealt with it for a long time too. I know a lot of people have, and it makes it a little easier that you don't feel so crazy now. You know, you can actually, right. I mean, I, I, I'm still getting to the point where I can talk about it more with people, uh, but it, at least it's, it's a known thing now that we can have conversations about. And I think that right. is so important. And a few years ago, actually, this is probably six, seven years ago, no one talked about it with my old career when I, uh, worked down in San Diego and one of my coworkers got stabbed um, while we were at work, almost died. And because of him, he started doing these classes for our our entire department on mental health and feeling suicidal, all these different things, because no one had talked about it until that point. And then he said a third of our department has PTSD, but no one talks about it. So it's, it's just, it's not nice that people have to deal with this, but I'm so happy there's people like you that are posting right. it out there for the public to see because th- there needs to be conversations about this. Right. And I mean, especially for us males, uh, I was listening <laughs> to Lewis Howe's book and uh, he was saying about the male suicide rate, how it's significantly yeah. higher than female. And then, like I said, I have a lot of buddies that are in the fire service. And I mean, my best friend, Stockton firefighter, paramedic oh. in, in um, Modesto, and the things, and he was my roommate and the things he would come home and tell me, I'm like, man, it takes a special human to see the seal and deal with those things and to keep moving forward. Um, and I can only imagine how the toll it would take, take on me or anybody, you know? Yeah. So it's nice. Like you were saying, it's not nice that we're dealing with these things, but it is nice that two masculine males can sit down and have a conversation about our mental health and be vulnerable Um, because you don't, like you said, three years ago, that wouldn't have been a thing. Right. But um, 
And it's, it's refreshing to be like, Hey, you know what? It sucks. We're all dealing with this, but we talk about it and we're vulnerable together. And it's, it's a breath of fresh air and that accountability for one another. I mean, in the fire service, you talk about brothers and in the military, you talk about brothers and brothers, that brotherhood. It's like, but why can't we talk about like that call we had and like, you know, talk about it and kind of let our feelings out because it's because it's also an alpha male job. Yeah. So it's almost like they don't go together, like feeling (laughs) a certain, you know, but I think now more, I mean, a little bit of the silver lining during the pandemic, everyone kind of had a a rough time and um, you know, depression, anxiety, every, all that was on the rise. And I'm glad we, like I said, come on here and, and talk about it because for 31 years of my life, I didn't talk about my anxiety through relationships. It ruined relationships for me. My last girlfriend, I kept it in and then I would take it out, you know, by blowing up or whatever. And she's like, and I, and finally I came to grips with like, you know what? I have anxiety and a lot of people didn't know that, but now that I've been more vocal about it, I'm able to help other people and um, it doesn't like consume me inside. So doesn't it just feel good to be able to say that to someone else and not hold it in? Like you were saying, you know, yeah. you could say that to another man and it not be super weird <laughs> now, you know, right. like, yeah. oh, it's, it's like, Oh, you're, you're a huge wuss. It's like, no, a lot of people yeah. are dealing with this. Right. And yeah, it feels good. Like, like, and like you said earlier, yeah, it sucks. We're dealing with this, but uh, you know, the more power and numbers you have, the more resources you can go to, the more accountability you can have the better off that's going to be. And it's, and if anyone's listening, like, and you're dealing with something, it's okay to talk about it. Talk to me and me and you on a private, in a private setting. I I love to talk about that stuff. I really do because I've been there. I know how crappy it is. I've been depressed. I've had anxiety and that it doesn't define you. You can get through it. It's just, you have to give energy to those things. Like Matthew McConaughey, he has like a famous quote out uh, or famous, like, 10 minute quote Matthew McConaughey has. He's like, stop giving energy to those things that aren't going to move you forward. Yeah. So if you're going and drinking every weekend and you're going and doing not exercising and putting crap food in your body, of course yeah. you're going to have those things. And that was yeah. me. That was me. I'm like, why isn't my anxiety going away? Well, you're going out yeah. your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, going and having 10 beers every day. Yeah. And you're wondering why you're having anxiety and feeling depressed. What are you giving your energy towards? And that's kind of, to segue into a whole nother thing, like, you know, giving up alcohol and stuff like that. I just feel more free. And now I could talk about mental health from an authentic point of view to the kids that I deal with from people at the gym. I'm coming from a place of, I don't know, authenticity there, you know, versus I I would talk about the, I would talk about things to these kids. Hey, don't go out and drink them. But then I'd go out and do it on the weekends, you know? So finally I, I kicked that. Awesome. Very man. Free, very freeing ever since that too. So yeah. doesn't it feel great? Oh, it feels great. Um, just, I drink a lot of coffee now though. <laughs> I had to cut back on the, the coffee intake. It was, even though it's like counterintuitive, I was drinking too much coffee and it was causing migraines. Uh, so I, I just have the, the one cup in the morning but it was so weird it took me a long time to find it out because there's caffeine and migraine 
medication, you know, and I was getting migraines. Excedrin, all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, the only reason I, I found out was because a coworker said, Hey, my brother had, you know, migraines just like you growing up and he, you know, stopped drinking coffee. So I just, all I did was stop drinking afternoon coffee and then I don't get migraines as much anymore. So yeah. yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. And so with it, Tina Steam, is that, is that the name? Yeah. Tina Steam. Tina Steam. So with that, what does it look like for you? Cause you were telling me a second ago that it's like a really busy schedule and very involved. Yeah. So what is the whole, is it mainly public speaking? Is it you're hanging out with these kids? Are they coming to your gym? So with Tina Steam, so with the Newport Academy, I go out to these houses. They're in the East Bay. Um, I I have four boys' houses and then one girl's house out here in the East Bay. And then we have another coach that has like seven Marin and Santa Fe houses. And those are mainly girl houses. Unfortunately, they're popping up everywhere. And we got two more in Shingle Springs. But um, so we delegate trainers out to those. And then I do the East Bay. And then Tina Steam is um something we did a monthly miracles fundraiser last year around this time and christina one of the girls said hey you'd be a good candidate for um uh, tina steam you'd be a speaker for tina steam got set up with that and now i go and talk at school so they bring us in to talk about those like in the health classes we have those tough conversations about um you know like right now fentanyl is a huge thing being laced in pills, um, cocaine, all that stuff. We talk about, you know, alcoholism. Uh, we share one, one of the stories we share is a Shelby Allen story about how their friends left her in the bathroom. Um, and then she ended up passing away because they didn't want to get, they didn't want to get in trouble. We talk about just like a physical progression line, like, uh, you know, kissing, fondling, and then all that stuff. And then, you know, um, pregnancy, all those, those, those fun topics that are, that are need to be addressed in high school. And um, yeah, especially nowadays, man, it, what, with social, we talk about social media, how, how, how that causes so much anxiety for these kids and depression. And it's, it's an alarming rate. We get little surveys at the end of uh, anonymous surveys, and then they'll have in like a comment on kind of how they're feeling or things we should know about. And it's alarming how many kids are having suicidal thoughts. And um, so that's what drives me to, cause I kind of d- deal with that at the Newport Academy. And then I'm going to that next level and going to high schools and, you know, addressing all those, all those uncomfortable topics. But for someone that's in their prime of their life, high school, I mean, that shouldn't be, something that is at the forefront of their mind now, but unfortunately in this society we live in now, it's tough. It's a tough world out there. So if I could be a little, little with what I say in those classes, be hopefully veer them away from suicide or hurting themselves or whatever it may be, then I did my job. But um, yeah, it's a very, it's tough to hear these stories, but it's, it's, it's very rewarding too. And I, and I love doing it. Have, have you noticed the, the students and the, the teenagers being pretty receptive? Because I could just imagine if they're in class, it might be hard for them to admit that around their peers or their teacher or anything, but have they been you know pretty receptive? Yeah, 
that pretty receptive. So we'll ask like, do you know somebody on campus that vapes? Not like, do you get oh, who, who right. vapes in here? Cause they're not going <laughs> to, yeah. so they'll like, you know, raise it. And then you get, and I have a little bit of sympathy for the class clown because I was that guy. So you get the kids that will like, laugh, especially when we talk about anything like sexual, they'll, they'll, they'll like blurt out stuff, trying to be funny. But for the <laughs> most part, I thought it was going to be a lot less interactive, but it is, these kids, it, it is pretty interactive. And the kids, um, like I said, we get those anonymous surveys back and they, they go into detail a lot about kind of what they're what they're going through which is important because i don't think like i like we've been talking about pretty much this whole time is how mental health is on the rise and if you can nip it in the bud at an early age then you're not gonna have to or you you may still deal with it in your future but hopefully it will be a little less you know moving forward and you'll have those skills because it doesn't get any easier the older you get you know, right. If it's tough in high school, it's probably going to be tough when you get to college and yeah. then when you go out, you know, it's going to just, so hopefully we could be a little bit of a, a aid for these kids yeah. in high school, you know, and there's always resources to talk to people and stuff. But again, that's a tough thing to admit in high school, especially to any friends. I mean, you wanted the cool kid and the cool kid, you know, doesn't deal with depression or anxiety. The cool kid vapes and drink, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. and so it's just kind of like, flipping that persona of what's cool and what's not. And so for you, just fitness in general, has that been your big staple when it comes to mental health or when you're dealing with any of that type of stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's probably the biggest staple, but I mean, I have a lot of, lot of things I have, you know, a good group of friends, a good support system, um, nutrition, man. I mean, Oh yeah. The more, the more we read about it, our gut health is connected to our brain health. Um, just doing stuff that's good for the soul, man. Like this morning, I just drove my dog up to out here in Livermore, Dalval. It's a beautiful day. Oh. And just like starting my morning with a little bit of gratitude. And it's things that when I was 21 years old, I'm like, why do people meditate? Why do people write in journals? Why do people read so much? And now that I'm 33 years old, I get it because I need every kind of positive resource in my life that I can get now, like going to a coffee shop, do, and I need to be better about it, but like doing the gratitude journals, like the affirmations every day, like starting the day off with just a grateful mindset. Um, and it sounds so cheesy and so, but it's like that, that stuff works. You know, and I mean, the more that all this unfolds with the mental health and in life, the, you know, it, it's proven to work and you see a lot more people, I mean, especially with the NFL, I mean, they're big on mental health this year, it seems like, and uh, like I said, it's not cool, but it's, it's, it's relatable. These guys that are coming out and saying, Hey, I may be this high athlete and look like I have everything, but this is what I'm dealing with too you know, kind of using their platform yeah. as um, a positive influence, which is, yeah. which is, it's unfortunate they're dealing yeah. with that, but it's awesome to see on the flip side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like I said, just, I think it's just all about grasping those things that, that fill you up and not take away from you, you know? And I, I can't remember the name of the player, but this player in the NFL a few weeks ago was having a mental health crisis or issue. And he, took the week off or something. I don't remember who it was, but I've it never was, uh, heard of that before. It's, 
it's a wide, it was a wide receiver. Um, he was really good too. I want to say, oh, it was uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Okay. Gotcha. For the Falcons. I think he took, yeah. And he, and yeah. And that's, and that's alarming to a lot of these guys. They're like, what? Like, yeah. but at the end of the day, like nothing, and you can read it everywhere. Nothing is worth sacrificing your mental health. Nothing. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, especially yeah. in a baseball, uh, football game, like if you're not there mentally, what, whatever you do, if you go to work, and you're not, it's, yeah. it's going to show through whatever work you're putting forward or anything. And I think, um, going back to like, what are for me, especially what am I do, like, why do I have all these things going on? Anxiety, depression, um, financial, like my finances are online, uh, weight gain, whatever it may be. It's like, okay, let me look at the lifestyle I'm, I'm creating. Am I creating a positive lifestyle over here? No. So it's, for me, it started taking away those, those negative things in my life. And then all those things, the anxiety, yeah, they're still there, but they're not as prevalent. Um, as much. I I do have to ask you, uh, I wanted to make sure I asked you before we were done today. Are you a Raiders or Niners fan? This is really important. I'm a little worried to hear your answer, but I, I had to ask you. Die hard. Niner fan. Oh no. <laughs> I had a All right, you're done. You're off. <laughs> That's it. We're canceling the rest of the show. Die diehard Niner fan. How are you guys doing this year? Good. We're 500. We've won last 500. three out of four games. Also, um, here's the thing about the Raiders. I do not like the Raiders, <laughs> but I love I love Derek Carr and everything yep. that guy stands for. Oh yeah. Yep. And that guy uh, preaches in Dublin or he used to. Great you know. human. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, uh brave church, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure the name of the church. I just remember he yeah. would go and preach somewhere in Dublin, but yeah, I, I didn't know the name. So, okay. Yeah. So you, you guys are, you're 500 yeah. and you won the last three of the four. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Cause we lost the last three out of our four. <laughs> I think it is. So I know dude, that's the Raiders, man. They always yep. come out hot looking good. Derek Carr looks pretty good but and just like but you guys i mean you guys had that thing with uh the dui drive yeah. driver and then yeah. i think another guy like your three draft picks are like Dude. not even on the team anymore so um hey like i said though i'm not gonna hate on them i'm a Derek Carr fan so Love i'll it. use that as <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys if they're not playing the Niners. is your uh is your rookie quarterback is he playing right now no, he is not. He he'll come in for some packages, but other than that, yeah. he, he doesn't really play. Which is, I don't know. Garoppolo's doing all right right now, so we'll see. Awesome. Well, yeah. What is the what are the plans for you with your business and with Tina Steam? Is there anything in the near future that we should uh, look out for? No, man. Uh, pretty much. I mean, always trying to grow our gym here at Five Eighty. Um, and then just growing our relationship with Newport Academy, just kind of what we want to do is take out the middleman there and kind of just overlook all the houses. And we hire people through 580 to go out and go to these houses, trainers, we do all the interviewing and stuff. Cause there's a lot too, with like HIPAA that you have oh, to like right. let trainers know. So it's, there's a yeah. lot involved. Um, and then just using my platform, man. Um, using what, using my anxiety 
and the things I've been through in my life to hopefully help somebody else. And, um, and that, that all starts, starts here, man. And that's, that's one thing that I've realized as of late, it's like, it starts with me if I want to create that platform. So, um, sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, yeah. Just, just continuing, I don't know, to help people and, and, uh, be more open about my, the mental health stuff. And like I said, if anyone's listening and has need someone to talk to, come and talk to us, we'll help you out. And, uh, it's good for us too. And then starting my podcast, I would love to love to get that up and running. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited for, uh, for when you do that. We'll, we'll talk offline here in just a few moments here, but if people are looking to connect with you or if they're looking to go to your gym, where can they do those things? So you guys can connect with me on my social media. So Eric GCF580. Um, we're located in Livermore, California, off of First Street, and that's CrossFit 580. And uh, yeah, come by for a free couple couple free workouts, and uh, we're just come by to say what's up, buy some apparel. Awesome, man. Whatever maybe. I will make sure to link those uh, all in the show notes for all the the listeners uh, to see so they can connect with you. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to the mission driven made podcast. If you found value in the episode today, which I know you did go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review. It'll just take a few seconds. It's going to be at the bottom of the show notes there, Eric, this has been one of my favorite conversations so far uh, since starting the podcast. So thank you so so much, man, for, for not just coming on the show, but being open and vulnerable because that is really hard to do, especially as a man. So thank you for, for doing that. Hopefully this is going to be a normal thing for people. So thank you again, man. And until next time, everyone stay mission driven.